Lord Jesus, I pray that this morning you would speak through me. Help us to hear you speaking to us, Lord. Amen. Um, so I'm going to be carrying on the series on James that we've been doing. Jago's going to be speaking more about Remembrance Sunday in the um, service later, but I'm going to be carrying on the series about James. And this morning's reading is about two different kinds of wisdom. It's about earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. Wisdom that we all need, wisdom that the world needs, especially as we think about war and conflict today on Remembrance Sunday. And throughout the sermon series on James, we've been thinking about the challenge of double-mindedness. Do you remember Jamie spoke on James chapter one and he spoke about an escalator and he said, um, it's like having one leg going up towards God, the other leg going down towards the world, and that's a disaster. You can't go both ways on the escalator. Double-mindedness leads to disaster. And James is telling us in this passage that complete, wholehearted devotion to God is the best way to live. And so the title of the talk this morning is The Danger of a, of a Disordered Heart. We have, do we have hearts that are focused on God, heavenly wisdom, or do we have hearts focused on ourselves, earthly wisdom? James compares earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. Earthly wisdom flows from a heart diseased by sin, and heavenly wisdom flows from a heart set free from sin. I suppose you could think about it like a physically diseased heart. If you like the picture on the left on the screen, a physically diseased heart, you might look at somebody and not know that they had a diseased heart, but it would come out, they would be breathless, or they would be um, unable to do exercise, or they would maybe feel pain. And in the same way, when our hearts are diseased by sin, that comes out in our actions and in our lives. And God wants us to be free from sin and from the sin that can hold us back. And he can forgive us and he can set us free. And so we can have hearts that are set free, like the picture on the right, a physically healthy heart. Physically healthy heart, someone with a physically healthy heart can do exercise. They're not breathless. And God wants to transform our hearts. So James explains in verse 13 that wisdom from God, heavenly wisdom, leads to a good life with deeds done in humility. True wisdom works out in a transformed life, a transformed heart. Wisdom is not about knowledge or achievement. Wisdom is about how we live, how we relate to others, decisions we make, in our daily lives. And so there's a choice in the passage between a good life with deeds done in humility and between versus disorder and evil that comes from earthly wisdom. And James tells us in the passage about the characteristics of earthly wisdom. And he compares those with the characteristics of heavenly wisdom. Earthly wisdom, a diseased heart, leads to disorder and evil and is characterized by bitter envy and selfish ambition. 
It's all about me. What can I achieve? How can I do things better? And a jealous spirit leads to backbiting and fault-finding and suspicion and a climate of anger and fear. And I think, if we are honest, bitter envy and selfish ambition is a battle for most of us a lot of the time. And the things we envy or the things we seek to achieve are not bad things. They're often good things. But when they become all about me, then that will make our hearts diseased. So for me, as a single woman, I could look around and see lots of my friends who are married and have children, and there's a temptation to feel envy. But God wants more for me. God wants better. That envy would suck away at my relationships and my life. I'm the one who suffers as well as other people. The desire is not bad, but when that envy takes hold, then that is bad. Ambition to do well in our careers is not a bad thing, but when that becomes envious or selfish, when it becomes all about our success, then that envy and ambition will lead to what James calls disorder and evil. Ambition can be and is often a good thing, but selfish ambition is a bad thing. And the truth is that bitter envy and selfish ambition leads to disorder in our hearts. It holds us back, it grips us, it leads us to feel and to say and to do things that are wrong, and it prevents us from leading the good life that James talks about in verse 13 at the start of the passage. If you look at verse 14, James says, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition, and to harbor means to hold on to, to secretly hold on to. It's like the bitter envy and the selfish ambition secretly eating away at our hearts. And James uses quite strong language to talk about that, this earthly wisdom. He says it's earthly and spiritual and demonic. So basically bitter envy and selfish ambition are not from God and God wants better for us. But James does give us a solution in the passage. He gives us a solution to that bitter envy and selfish ambition. And that solution is found at the end of verse 14 in the passage. It says, don't boast about it. Don't boast about this bitter envy and selfish ambition. And don't deny the truth. So the first challenge, don't boast about it. Don't boast about the things we achieve for ourselves, our educational achievements, our careers, our relationships, our possessions. We can enjoy those gifts for the gifts that they are, but we're not to boast about them. And secondly, don't deny the truth. Don't pretend that we're not envious when we are. Don't pretend that our ambition is not selfish when actually it is. And the good news of our faith is that as we confess that sin of bitter envy and selfish ambition, we know that Jesus came to die to set us free for that, from that sin, from the sin that came um, from the sin that would hold us back. Jesus came to heal our diseased hearts and to set us free. 
So in contrast to the bitter envy and selfish ambition of earthly wisdom, James gives us then the characteristics of heavenly wisdom, of a healthy heart. And um, verse 17, if you look at verse 17, it says that wisdom that comes from heaven is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial and sincere. And the good news of the book of James is that these are not things that we strive to achieve. These are things that God gives to us. Verse 17 says, it's the wisdom that comes from above. It's God-given wisdom. If you remember back to chapter 1, verse 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So God, in his grace, sets us free from the sin of bitter envy and selfish ambition, and through the Holy Spirit gives us those characteristics of heavenly wisdom, and he enables us to live that good life with deeds done in humility. So heavenly wisdom is not about skills or knowledge. Heavenly wisdom is about the heart. It's about who we really are. It's not about pretending to be good or about superficial goodness, but it's about the power of God transforming our hearts. Now, as um, as Jago said before I spoke, I started vicar training um, in the beginning of September. And I can't yet claim to be an expert in Greek. I've had four lectures, and it's quite difficult. But one thing I have learned is that the Greek word for heart is cardia. And that word cardia encompasses, like cardiology, it encompasses the mind and the will. It's about who we are and how we think and how we choose to act. And this passage is all about heart transformation. It's about God transforming our hearts, our minds and our wills, so that our lives and our actions reflect who he is. Jesus says in Matthew 12, the the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And when our hearts are diseased by sin, when they are full of that bitter envy and selfish ambition, then that will be revealed in the way that we act and what we say. But as we allow God to transform our hearts, then this transformation will be revealed in how we live and how we speak and how we relate to others. So I want us to spend just a few minutes now thinking about those characteristics of heavenly wisdom, of a transformed heart. Think about the way the focus away from ourselves towards other people, becoming peace-loving, not seeking confrontation for the sake of it. It's about being considerate of the needs of others. Think about the focus on authenticity. Heavenly wisdom is pure. It's not contaminated. There's no pretense. It's sincere. It's not two-faced or double-minded. It's about being able to tell the truth about how things are in our lives and in the world without becoming cynical or grumbly. Some people might look at those characteristics of heavenly wisdom as a bit weak, as naive. Submission, submission surely used to oppress people. And submission has been used to oppress people. 
But this isn't about oppression. This is about submitting to God who is completely good and loving. It's about good fruit. It's about seeing our lives and actions transformed by God and God using us so that others find hope and transformation in him. There's no favoritism, no pretense, no discrimination. And as we think about those characteristics of heavenly wisdom, think about the person of Jesus. Think about how Jesus treats you and me. And Jesus is the ultimate example of heavenly wisdom. Think about the purity of his love towards us. Think about his desire for peace. When he said, Father, forgive them, and he was on the cross. Think about his consideration of the needs of others. Dying for our sake. Think about his submission to the will of the Father coming to earth as a man and dying. Think about his mercy for you and for me. Think about the good fruit of lives transformed through his death and resurrection. Think about Jesus' impartiality, his love for me, his love for you, the same love for everyone in Clapham, everywhere. Think about the sincerity of his love, willing to die on the cross, his ongoing faithfulness to us. So Jesus is the ultimate example of heavenly wisdom. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, our hearts can be transformed so that we can reflect that heavenly wisdom to the world. So as Jesus treats us with impartiality and with mercy, so we are called to treat all those we come into contact with, with that same mercy and impartiality. I suppose I could also ask, um, who would you prefer to come into contact with? Someone characterized by earthly wisdom, boastful, um, about their own achievements, envious of others, chaotic, disordered, or someone characterized by heavenly wisdom, considerate of others, sincere, impartial? And maybe the answer's obvious, isn't it? The final verse of the passage is, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And peacemaking is the complete opposite of the envy and selfish ambition earlier in the passage. True wisdom is a heart transformed. It's peace within and peace with others. So the question really is, who is on the throne in your heart? Are we on the throne in our own lives? Are we striving for more and for better for ourselves? Or is God on the throne? Is he in charge? Are we trusting in God's forgiveness to set us free from earthly wisdom? And are we trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit to give us heavenly wisdom? Are we allowing God to reorder our hearts, as was talked about on Vision Sunday, as we've been talking about this year? Are we allowing God to reorder our hearts so that God is on the throne? And when God is on the throne, all heavenly wisdom will flow out. Amen. Let's pray as I finish. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we can trust you to transform our hearts. That heavenly wisdom isn't something that we can achieve. 
And Lord, I pray that by the power of your spirit, you would be at work in our hearts, that we would know you setting us free from sin and temptation and enabling us to live with that, um, live those good lives that you want us to live. Amen.